Disappoint this week. So today on the episode, we have the week 9 and 10 review and the week 11 preview. But first, let's get into the weekend news. In glorious, glorious relief. Hugh Jackson has been fired from the Browns as well as Todd Haley. But that's alright, because Marvin Lewis has given his best friend a job again. As special assistant to the coach or something? Who cares? Anyways, AJ Green is now not expected to play until December. Ugh, that's gonna be a rough one for you guys. Uh, hoping he'd come back soon or traded for him. Aaron Rodgers says we need to get Aaron Jones more touches, which basically means we're going to get him 12 touches as opposed to 10 a game. Uh, On the injury news, unfortunately, we're going to skip that because it leads right into the activity of the league. First of all, I made some dynamite trades last minute. First sending a first round pick and Jarvis Landry for the return of a eighth round pick, I believe, maybe seventh round, and good old Devontae Adams, who I hate, but man is he producing. But then in tragic, tragic form, somebody I used to know was Cooper Cup. I knew him for about five minutes when I traded for him, and of course sending a second round pick and Marvin Jones for him. I got hosed as he played three quarters of a game before exiting for the season. Just my luck. Other than that, not much in the league's changed that we really care too much about. Uh, That and playing this awesome breaking news, I can't actually look at the transactions because it's one or the other, 
Thanks for the weak setup, uh, Audacity. Anyways, this has been Week in News. Woo! Man, unfortunately we lost our old breaking news uh, lineup, so we kind of had to improvise there. Uh, for some reason it got pulled off YouTube, maybe because I was playing it too much and it was copyright. Who knows? Anyways, now let's get into the week 9 and 10 review. Starting off in week 9 in the Keeper League, we had Macho Man Fred Eric versus... Bonjour, and I perform way better than my team should. Uh, basically, I lost this one on to Frenchie on the backs of Pat Mahomes and James Conner, as he had no other double-digit scorers. But that doesn't matter when your opponent only has one double-digit scorers, as Jared Goff, Pat Mahomes, and James Conner were the only ones that came through. But I lost to the likes of Frank Gore, Marquise Goodwin, Brandon LaFell, Isaiah Crowell. Come on, man! I had Aaron Jones, Mark Ingram, Jarvis Landry, Sammy Watkins, Deshaun Jackson. Come on! This is ridiculous. Anyways, I lost. That's stupid. Next up, we had SC Honkers versus The Great One. And The Great One just came through and finally started playing like The Great One he is. This started off a win streak, uh, bringing in the score 124.5 to 93.2, thus starting or continuing SC Honkers spirals into the depths of awfulness. Uh, some standouts, Cam Newton, Melvin Gordon, and O.J. Howard just weren't enough to combat some strong plays from Travis Kelsey, uh, rocking the double tight end flex with Kittle, and, uh, Zeke had an okay game, Brady had an okay game, Woods had an okay game, but the consistency was enough to decimate as Emmanuel Sanders just Super disappointed, as well as the continued misusage of Kenyon Drake. Um, not really much else to say on this. There wasn't too much to the game that would have changed had other plays been made. Next up, we had Finkel is Einhorn versus Scranton Stranglers. In one of the closer games of the week with Scranton Stranglers coming out on top, 99-6 to 91-5. Uh, this was all the story of Matt Stafford sucked against Minnesota Vikings, putting up 6.6 .6 points. Uh, Phillips Lindsay didn't do much. Mike Evans let down at 2-1. In fact, the only good plays were Latavius Murray. Uh, poor one out for Cooper Cup at the time. And uh, the Bears defense trying to keep him in it with a huge score of 27 points against Buffalo. But that didn't matter because although Scranton got a zero from Gronk, I believe that was a game he might have been a late inactive. Uh, he got some good production out of Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Howard, I know, I'm surprised, and a monster game from Michael Thomas at 33.1 points. Man, 
If only uh, Chris Godwin got moved up and Alex Collins played in the flex. Nah, that's still, that would have been closer, but I don't think you would have gotten it. Anyways, good job, Gilbert, getting back on track. Next up, we had the Megalodons getting just beaten down by Popeye Sailorman as the Megalodons put up a strong 116.5 points, but were no match for the 145.9. Oh, man, it was just absolute savagery. The Megalodons got some good production, too, out of Deshaun Watson. Kareem Hunt finally started having huge games at this point. Julio scored his first touchdown of the season. And Greg Zerloin, of course, got double digits, but that really doesn't matter because Drew Brees dropped down almost 40 points on you. Oh, man, that's brutal. James White was still killing it, dropping 25.3 points. My goodness, Todd Gurley had a bad game at 16-9. Adam Thielen, a bad game, just over 10. But, man, did Josh Gordon come in hard, and Trey Burton did Trey Burton things, being mediocre. And all that I could say when I was watching this was, Finish him! It was just awfully brutal and so sad for a team that played decently well. But, say la vie, that's the way it is. Next up, we had the Carnage versus Turn Your Head and Coughlin. And the carnage came through in a big way in a spot where we didn't think it was possible. But he had that, that magic, that Fitz magic sitting there in that beard getting him 32 points. My goodness. And then Duke Johnson, 25. DeAndre Hopkins, 21. Man, Juju didn't even have a great game. Only putting up 11 that day. But Julian Edelman with 14-4. But what do you expect when uh, the Vikings pretty much just mutilated um, Detroit and only needed 8.9 points from Kirk Cousins? Man, that's rough. And although Alvin Kamara had a huge game, Brandon Cook's huge. This was the first sort of breakout for Nick Chubb. And Calvin Ridley dominating. It wasn't enough dropping 121.7 to 117.7. Seven, man, four brutal points. If only you had the foresight to not change anything. Because, I mean, honestly, the only thing you could have done differently was maybe pick up someone besides the Redskins. Oh, that is rough. Or besides Kirk Cousins, I guess. Anyways, good job losing to last place back then. I don't know if he's last place anymore now, but... Uh, he was back when he went up against the Mammoth of Coughlin. Uh, next up, we had Carpe Victoria versus Brown and some Scrubs. And Brown and some Scrubs continued their domination. Because even though Carpe Victoria dropped a beautiful 126.6, man, did it get hit by the 135 that Brown dropped. Oh, man. I mean, not much to say in this other than it would have been a little bit closer had Big Ben been in there instead of Russell Wilson. Uh, other than that, though, the only other play you could have had was putting Derrick Henry in the flex, and you weren't going to do those two things, so I don't really blame you. 
Uh, good games, though, from Russell Wilson. I think this was one of his first good games. Tevin Goldman, Coleman had a huge game at 30.1 points. Mike Davis did well in his, uh, his solo role. And Keenan Allen had one of his best games of the season with 18-2. Greg Olson finally found the end zone and looked fantastic again for one day at least. And like I said, the only things left on the board that could have maybe helped was a combination of Big Ben and Derrick Henry instead of one of the flex guys. Uh, on the other side, you had Matt Ryan dropping a cool 36 points. Christian McCaffrey going huge for the first time in the season with 30.2, getting not only yards and catches, but touchdowns. And then Antonio Brown, Tyree Kill, Jimmy Graham, and Amari Cooper all had decent games. Uh, but, I mean, there were some strong plays left on the bench with Cordero Patterson and Deion Lewis both both hitting double digits. So this could have been even bigger. Anyways, that was the Week 9. Now we're going to jump over to Week 10 review. First up, we had Scranton Stranglers and the Megalodons in the f- first of the two nail-biting competition that came down to the end of the night man it was close for a while brian's gonna sit there and tell you well i mean if i had oh wait no sorry uh yeah brian oh i clicked the wrong one dear goodness (laughs) that was terrible i clicked on the wrong matchup there we go scrant strangler stranglers versus the megalodons and brian's gonna sit there and tell you well Oh, man, if I had known carry-on was going to be healthy and I wasn't at Disneyland. Get your priorities straight, man, okay? Priorities. Anyways, Aaron Rodgers, LaShawn McCoy, man. Michael Thomas and OBJ on Monday night all came through huge, huge, with 20-plus points for each of them. And that just wasn't enough, even when you had... The best quarterback on the week with 42 points out of Mitch Trubisky. And Julio getting another touchdown, getting 20 points. Allen Robinson, you actually played him with 28 three-points. My goodness. But when you don't get much out of Kareem Hunt and he gets vultured by Spencer freaking Ware and you play Traquan Smith and Elijah McGuire over Kerryon Johnson, what do you expect, my friend? So, hard fought, even though you were behind the ball, but it's your own darn fault. Next up, we had Finkel as Einhorn and the SC honking a big fat one as they dropped third game in a row, man. You were 5-2, and two and now you're just sad. Anyways, Andrew Luck is still dominating. I wish I never dropped him now, even though I have a strong quarterback uh, would have been nice to keep him on the cheap past his bye. He put up 27.2 points, although he might have cost me the game. I don't know. We got to go to the tape. Anyways, TJ Yeldon only 8.8. You started Capri Bibbs and Tyrell Williams, man, but you came out on top, Dan. I mean, 108.8 to 83.8. My goodness, that is a Embarrassing, embarrassing loss considering you had Melvin Gordon. Oh my goodness. Alshon Jeffrey, OJ Howard. 
Uh, I mean, it's kind of sad that you're playing Austin Eckler with it, and Evan Ingram in the flex would have been a better play. But my goodness, just the fact that you lost to Capri Bibbs and Tyrell Williams and TJ Yeldon as lineup is sad. Anyways, that came down to Cam Newton doing, ugh, looking like crap with 18-7, which is an okay day. Melvin Gordon did big things at 25, and Sterling Shepard was okay with the 10.6. But after that, man, it's single digits down to Robbie Gould, and no one cares about kickers. So get your stuff together, Brian. Otherwise, you probably should have sold off Melvin Gordon. Next up, we have the Great One versus Popeye Sailorman. And the Great One punched Popeyes in the mouth, knocking him down a peg. Good for you, Chris. We had a score of 131.6 to 112.4. Okay game from Phillip Rivers, some disappointment from Joe Mixon, but a huge one from Zeke and some decent games from Robert Woods. And although he didn't play well, the volume was there for Kenny Galladay. And then a big game, even though highly inefficient for Leonard Fournette. But I mean... That was all it took, even with a four from the Eagles and only three points from Vinatieri, man. Baker Mayfield finally had his best game against Atlanta, so don't get your hopes up, guys. But James White was just a shell of himself being injured. Uh, Todd Gurley did Todd Gurley things, but Josh Gordon was a little bit of a disappointment. Keaton Allen was a little bit of a disappointment. And it's really sad to say, but Will Lutz was your third best player. Uh, if only you had the foresight to play Drew Brees in the flex, then you might have won. But wait, this isn't the Dynasty League. Oh, man, that's all right, Mike. Brush yourself off. You got next week. Up next, we had the Carnage versus Carpe Victoria. And the Cinderella story of the Carnage came to a quick end as they dropped 90, er, 94.5 to 104 nine uh had quite a few double digit players actually but it was a mediocre day from Fitz from Duke Johnson uh Doug Martin pretty much did what he could so uh but the start Juju had man and only finishing with 17.8 you would have thought it would have been a little bigger uh if only you didn't have to play Adam Humphreys and if only you played Carson Wentz. I'm not really sure why you played Ryan Fitzpatrick over Carson Wentz, but it cost you the game. So good one, dummy. Uh, on the other side, you got Carpe Victoria with pretty much crap outside of Mike Davis and the monster game out of the actual number one. I'm sorry. Mitch was number two. The actual number one quarterback of 45.8 and big Ben Roethlisberger, and the only play he didn't make that would have improved would have been Derrick Henry, although you probably should have tried to trade off Russell Wilson because he's sitting there getting 32 points and doing you no damn good, but still good win for Ben coming back after that loss and getting himself a W. And then we moved to Turn Your Head in Coughlin versus Unjur in France. And after a blockbuster trade that destroyed his team this week, Turn Your Head and Coughlin still had a massive, massive game. And that's pretty surprising considering Andy Dalton got less than nine points for him. But man, 
when Jarvis Landry and Andy Dalton lay eggs, but the rest of your team demolishes and destroys. Um, I mean, that's all you really need. 24 points from Kamara, 34 points from Chubb, 21 points from Cooks, plus you have that built-in value now after pour one out for Cooper Cup. Uh, Ridley wasn't great, but Austin Hooper was, and Redskins D came through, man. On the other end, Pat Mahomes, he did pretty good, but not nearly as good as we thought. James Conner's concussion kind of hurt him, but David Johnson is back for one game. It's Kansas City, and they needed him back. Uh, I think this is proof that he's going to be better going forward, but it's not going to... Um, it's not going to uh, be this good all the time, man. This isn't two years ago. So temper expectations. Uh, you had Rashad Penny and Frank Gore and Isaiah Crowell. that could have helped out a little bit, I guess, if you had thrown one of them in the flex and Penny in. But there is no way you're going to win this. Uh, good luck, Frenchie, man. You're now 500. And turn your head and Coughlin comes up to 4-6 and six, trying to track down the leaders in the league, although it's pretty jumbled up in the middle. Uh, speaking of a play, a team that shouldn't be jumbled up in the middle, but had to squeak out a nail-biter of a win, yours truly, Macho Man Frank versus Brown and some scrubs. And this was the most down-to-the-wire, I-can't-believe-that-just-happened game of the week because after OBJ narrowly stole defeat from the Megalodons, Saquon was screwing me, and it wasn't Saquon's fault. It was why the hell is Wayne Gallman and Elijah Penny getting work at all in a close game? And why does Eli Manning breathe through his mouth and suck at football so much? I don't know. It just happens. It was probably some sort of vaccination when he was a kid isn't that what the people say anyways this one was a lot closer than it needed to be but i had last minute decided i needed the upside and pivoted away from mark ingram or burita for a third receiver putting in ty hilton and leaving 20 plus points on the bench in both players insane man but uh, that's all right, because the rest of my team came through when I needed it. Uh, other than, you know, pour one out for Cooper Cup, who's now on the IR after three quarters on my team. It's not fair. Oh, anyways, Saquon had, to me, a disappointing game. But the arrival of Aaron Jones is here, and he put up 30 damn points. And it was beautiful. Uh, you know what else was beautiful? That he did it with Devontae Adams still getting two touchdowns and almost 20 points. Woo, man. And the play. The play. I knew it in my bones. I knew the Bills would just do it after that news that Josh McCown was starting. And my goodness, the hits keep coming because if, if Chase had just benched the Jets' defense, he would have won the game. But with the score of 127.1 to 125.2, your hero, your podcast savior came through with the W for you, his loyal fans. Uh, it was a good performance for Matt Ryan. Christian McCaffrey had another massive game. 
I don't think this is going to continue in the 30s each week, but man, another massive game. And of course, in vintage, anyone playing against me fashion, Tyreek Hill had his third massive game of the season. I don't think people realize how horribly in, uh, inconsistent Tyreek Hill has been this season. He's had three ma amazing games, two good games, and then a couple of decent games with some bad games. I mean, he's not been this, like, juggernaut player, but he seems like, it, it always seems like his catches go for touchdowns. But, I mean, what are you going to do? And now we'll move on to the Dynasty Week 9 review. Just hold on with me for two seconds. I'm getting there. And there I am. Okay, first up, we had I'm getting a chub versus no country for old players. I'm not going to lie, that actually sounded a little dirty uh, when I said it. But anyways, we had a massive battle of juggernauts with I'm getting a chub coming out on top 153.6 to 149.1. Uh, and this was in spite, again, of Matthew Stafford only putting up 6.6 .6 points. But when you get big games out of Matt Ryan, Chubb had a good game. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, O.J. Howard, man, that was rough. We've already kind of been through that. I'm going to just catch if we have any uh, people that maybe normally don't get played because of... Uh, quarterback matchups and uh, the fact that it since we went through it on the the keeper league we'll kind of skim through it and basically just uh the only noteworthy ones and so forth sorry break done go patrick mahomes ryan fitzpatrick tag team for over 50 points tevin coleman got 30 and christian mccaffrey after i traded him away of course gets 30 points uh, the only thing that could have saved him was instead of playing Mike Williams, maybe you play Curtis Samuel that you tried to talk us all up on, maybe you trying to stir up some trade offers, but he dropped 18.8 on your bench, man. Uh, some disappointing moves were Galladay, but you knew he was going to suck against Minnesota, and that's pretty much it, but you can't really do much against 29 points from the Bears. Next up, we had the Americans versus the 55s. And this was just the most sad and pathetic game I've ever seen as the 55s almost doubled the Americans' points, but it wasn't because the 55s are great. In fact, they barely cracked 100 and only had three players in double digits. Uh, Jared Goff, Brandon Cooks, and George Kittle. Uh, other than that, you left some big plays on the bench like Baker Mayfield, Duke Johnson, Calvin Ridley. But the big story is eight points from Mitch Trubisky in that Buffalo game. Six points from Brock Osweiler in that shitty Jets game. Under five points for Shady. Two points for Mark Ingram. Oh, my gosh. In fact, the only two double digits you had were Robert Woods and Julian Edelman, but one of those got wiped clean because you had negative four from your defense. It was just awful. And the worst part was you could have had another double-digit score if you put in Spencer Ware. That's how bad it was. 
Oh my gosh, this was just brutal. I don't think there's anything else to say other than Americans should feel ashamed of themselves. And I mean that in fantasy football, not in the country and whatnot. Next up, we have this means war versus team Gravelin. And that one came out to 109.1 to 95.3 in favor of this means war. Come out on top because people give you amazing players like Ezekiel Elliott for no reason. Anyways, Derek Carr sucked. Gurley was okay, good. Zeke was okay, good. Uh, but Kelsey was dominant, and that was pretty much the saving grace for you. As no one else really stood out. Uh, in fact, Gurley was kind of disappointing with 17 points. Uh, on the other end, Nathan Peterman was the play for some reason. He had 12.2. Melvin Gordon had a good game. Uh, Philip Rivers had a decent game. But it was leaving Edo Smith on the bench did it for you. As opposed to playing uh, Chris Carson, that could have maybe pulled out the win. No, it wouldn't have. Uh, you're going to lose either way, Gary. Sorry, buddy. But uh, you're still doing decent in the league. Next up, we had... Jones and for some TDs versus the Franchises. And with the score 132.3 to 109.9, Jonesen for TDs gets its fifth win, and the franchises continue to just god awful suck, which is hilarious because before this losing streak, they were four and one, I think. Yeah, four and one before the losing streak. Oh man, how the mighty have fallen, and fallen they have. Because they're playing Joe Flacco, who they traded away Tevin Coleman in a collusion trade of the year to get. And now he might not even play. And I forgot to mention that in the news is he may not play because his hip is old man style and he's in crutches. Anyways, Tom Brady, decent. Russell Wilson, good. James White, great. Julio Jones, great. On the other end, you had Cam Newton doing Cam Newton things for against Tampa Bay. We'll preview uh, the next week after that, and it wasn't so great. And Or review the next week after that, and it wasn't so great. And then Jordan Howard, Keaton Allen, and Cordero Patterson made it into his light-up, and it was great. But what wasn't great was deciding to play Joe Flacco over Marcus Mariota with a, what, 14-plus point difference? And uh, Ben Watson sitting there instead of Kyle Rudolph. That could have gotten you the win. Those two plays, Frenchie. But, you know, you didn't want to trade me Kyle Rudolph on the cheap. And you wanted to try to rate me with him. So that is karma for you, sir. And the final matchup of Week 9 was Bill Belichick, the greatest puppet master of all time, versus Fear the Juice. And the Puppet Master came out on top at a score of 151.9 to 146.1. Decent game out of Dak. Good game out of Ben. James Conner and Kareem Hunt combo just killed it, along with Michael Thomas in the flex. Uh, on the other side, it was actually a pretty good performance across the board. Uh, you got pretty much everything you expected out of everyone there. Uh, maybe a little light on the David Njoku against Kansas City game. 
But Breeze put up 31. Case Keenum did six, almost 16 against Houston. Uh, Kamara, 31. Deion Lewis, 20. Antonio Brown, 12. That was a little disappointing, but Baltimore's decent D. Uh, the big one was playing David Njoku and Greg Olson. If only you had gotten away from that and played, say, oh, man, honestly, there's really not much you could have done except for play Derrick Henry and Willie Sneed instead of Crabtree and Njoku. So I uh, can't really blame you, especially since my team is amazing. Good luck next time. And next time, speaking of next time, let's go to the Week 10 Review. First up, we had the 55s going up against No Country for Old Players. No Country for Old Players got back on the winning track. 129.2 to 109.7 as the 55s continue to be bad to mediocre while the rest of the league leaves them in the dust. Um... I mean, true to form, he got good performances out of his quarterbacks, putting up 21 points each, and double digits out of Duke Johnson. I think we all expected a little more in the Atlanta game from him. And Brandon Cooks, benefiting from Cooper Cup, poor one out for him. But the problem was Mike Evans only putting up 6.6 points when Fitz Magic is throwing up 400, man. Come on. And Elijah McGuire still letting you down. Without carry on. <laughs> I didn't realize you didn't play him in both leagues. Oh my gosh, that is awful. Oh, that's awful. Oh man. In fact, Rashad Penny too. Oh my god. All you had to do was play carry on over Elijah McGuire and someone instead of Calvin Ridley, whether it be Penny or Aguilar. Oh, man, this just makes it more hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, Fitzmagic did horrible even though he threw 400 yards because he didn't get a touchdown. Only put up 13-7. That didn't matter because David Johnson killed it. Patrick Mahomes was decent, and Christian McCaffrey continues to kill it. In fact, Mike Williams got me losing a water bet with a gooser, and he still destroyed 55s. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry, Brian. I think I know you, you consider yourself some sort of strategery kind of master, and I realize it's not the right way to say it, but it fits. So anyways, better luck next week. But next up, we had Fear the Juice versus Team Gravelin. Man, it feels like Mike and Dan are always playing Gary. I don't know what it is. It just feels that way. Anyways, oh, that's probably because all these teams just colluded along with with uh, Clay and traded. It's the three of them, so that's what it is. Anyways, Drew Brees overcoming Andy Dalton ginger deficiencies along with his Kamara connection for the tune of a win at 118.6 to 89.5. Uh, slightly disappointing day from Phillip Rivers. Andrew Luck was great. Melvin Gordon was great, Devontae Adams was great, but negative nine points from the Panthers and a gooser from Taylor Gabriel is not going to get it done, man. I'm not really sure why you played Taylor Gabriel. He has just not looked great lately. I would have pivoted. and In fact, I did it in one of my other leagues to uh, Tyler Lockett, who would have gotten, yes, 17 points. And along with a benching of the Panthers D, you could have 
maybe gotten close, but whatever. Anyways, uh, that was pretty much it. No other real place that could have been made, and Derrick Henry continues to be on people's benches because he's awful unless you don't use him. Then he's fine sometimes. Anyways, next up we had I'm getting a chub versus this means war, and I'm getting a chub continuing its massive point totals with some just, like, bloated numbers, man. And although Matt Stafford wasn't great again, he at least got you 15-9. But the story is the receivers coupled with the fact of Aaron Jones and Chubb coming their own all of a sudden. Thanks for gifting him Chubb, Brian. And I don't know who sent him Aaron Jones. I think it involved Dalvin Cook and some other stuff. Who knows? But anyways, uh, if his running backs continue to do this, it's going to start getting scary, man. He had 30 points from Jones, 34 from Chubb, 21 from OBJ, 29 from Tyreek, 10. In fact, the only single-digit score on his entire team was Jimmy Graham because the Bears dropped 12 points. And that's a rough pill to swallow when you put up 164.1 points. But... You don't really deserve to win if you're playing Alex Smith. Aaron Rodgers disappointed in a game he didn't need to do much. Alex Smith was sad against that Tampa Bay D, but it doesn't matter because Tampa Bay was worse. And although you had big games from Gurley and Zeke and Allen Robinson, surprisingly enough, uh, playing Josh Doxson for 12 points somehow is not enough as Travis Kelsey really was the disappointment with only 7.6 points against Arizona, and you losing by 12 points. Thus, uh, finally snapping you down to earth and putting you at 7-3 and creating this bottleneck of like 12 win teams with the instant scoring. I think there's like six of us or five of us. That's right, us, spoilers. Anyways, next up we had Jones and Frisham TDs versus the Americans. And at least the Americans didn't disappoint this week. 148-1 to 140.6. Brady was sad. Wilson was great. Fournette was great. Julio was great. But James White... Pretty much your Patriots let you down. Because other than them and playing Golden Tate in his game against Dallas, which I would not have recommended, um, I would have preferred in the... But yeah, I mean, it wouldn't matter... Anyways, let's see what we got. The only plays that you could have done wouldn't have really mattered. And Jaguars got you nothing. Um, but Mitch Trubisky was huge. Blake Bortles was crummy, but huge. Mark Ingram was massive, even though Saquon disappointed. And Julian Edelman and the Chiefs defense got it done. And that's not to mention that Shady was left on the bench with 24 points. And Ebron with 26-6. Man, this could have been even even more this savage of a score total and a little bigger of a win. But it was a hard-fought one on both ends, getting at least the Aniston points for Mr. Greenwood. And the final matchup was not really much of a matchup. It was a fantasy football team versus a electronic turd in the form of the franchises versus... Bill Belichick, Puppet Master. As Dak Prescott, Big Ben, both had great games when the massive running backs of Connor and Hunt kind of disappointed. But I didn't really need much. 
Uh, I mean, I left Amari Cooper on the bench, which could have helped. I left Frank Gore on the bench, which could have helped in the flex. But it didn't matter because I came through with the total of 133-3298-2. And that was to the tune of Josh Rosen being played, which is just sad. And Jordan Howard being played, which is just sad to me because I don't think he's good. And Ben Watson doing pretty much nothing, man. In fact, the only bright light was Matt Burita and then an okay game from Keenan Allen and a decent game from Juju. But all things considered, he could have done better. But wait, what's this? Oh, Marcus Mariota is still on the bench putting up better totals while you play trash in that second QB. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think Franchise is, is just tanking at this point. I don't think he has much of a chance. And if you are, I encourage everyone to not tank. I understand that draft picks mean a lot, but come on, guys. Let's keep it a little competitive if you are. Not that I'm saying you are. I'm just saying you are. And with that was the Week 9 and 10 review. Next up, we got the Week 11 preview. First up, we have the Megalodon versus Finkel is Einhorn. And at the QB position, we got Mitch Trubisky against Minnesota versus Andrew Luck. My guess is this is going to be Deshaun Watson. And my guess is I give a slight bump to Andrew Luck because I think Washington's D is employing black magic of some kind. And there is... No reason they should be playing this well on defense, and I don't get it. So Andrew Luck, I think, is going to have to do more against Tennessee, who is somehow employing their own black magic to make their offense better. But anyways, advantage there. At the running back position, we got Kareem Hunt and Carrion Johnson's actually going to play for my team this week, guys, versus Alex Collins and Philip Lindsay. Obvious advantage. Kareem Hunt and Carrion Johnson. Although Alex Collins and Lindsey actually have decent matchups and they're going to do well and it's going to be closer, you can't really bet against Kareem Hunt in that super high-scoring game, especially since it's not in Mexico City anymore. And Carrion Johnson is fantastic, and I think they, Gimli needs to start realizing he's got to play him all the time. His numbers are better than both the other running backs. Just come on, man. Come on. You also have the option of Josh Adams, which is kind of enticing because it's against New Orleans. And uh, they said that they're going to give him more carries, but I don't know what that means. And I'm guessing you're probably not going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole, nor are you going to touch Royce Freeman if he is active. At the wide receiver position, it's Julio Jones and Allen Robinson versus Mike Evans and Chris Godwin because who wouldn't want to play a bunch of Tampa Bay receivers together, Right? Uh, it could be Martin Jones, but he's questionable right now, and it didn't sound that uh, good as of right now. So either way, we're going to go... Man, this is actually a little tougher. I'm going to go with Advantage, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. I can't believe I'm saying that, but they get to play the Giants, and the Giants will score on them because 
Tampa Bay's defense is worse than Eli's mouth breathing. Uh, and Allen Robinson's got Minnesota. Julio's got Dallas, and Dallas has been playing pretty good defense, especially against number one receivers. Um, yeah, I mean, you could pivot one of those guys maybe to John Brown instead of Allen Robinson, and then I might lean, I would maybe lean the other way, but John Brown's been a little hard to trust lately, so we'll say advantage Evans and Chris Godwin. At the tight end position, you have Zachers versus Crickets because you don't have a tight end yet with Njoku on the bye. So anyways, whoever you pick up, advantage Zach Ertz. At uh, the flex position, we got Lamar Miller and Tyrell Williams as of right now. Uh, really could change, but the only change would either be Marvin Jones or D.D. Westbrook, I guess. So Tyrell's probably in. And I will give just a volume bump advantage to Lamar Miller or John Brown or whoever gets put in there. Because Denver's D is still kind of tough. Then the defenses, we got the Bears versus the Colts. Advantage Bears, but not by much. And kickers don't matter, but Zerloin is the best kicker. Uh, Overall, though, I'm going to go advantage. Man. Those running backs are really making it tough in my assumed thing. I'm going to go advantage Finkel-Zeinhorn, though. Uh, Zach Ertz is the key. Next up, we have the Great One versus Scranton Stranglers. At the quarterback position, we got Phillip Rivers versus Aaron Rodgers. Advantage Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Tom Brady's on a bye, so that's your only option. At the running back position, we have... Joe Mixon and Ezekiel Elliott versus Peyton Barber and Jordan Howard. I don't think anyone needs to question me on who I think the best play is. It's clearly Ezekiel Elliott and Joe Mixon. Moving on. At wide receiver, we got Robert Woods and Kenny Galladay versus OBJ and Michael Thomas. This one's a little closer just because I think Robert Woods is going to do great things against Kansas City. But there's still no contest. It's OBJ in Tampa and Michael Thomas in Philly. Come on. No question. But that's okay because you got tight ends. And you got tight ends like a mofo. Because you got Travis Kelsey against the Rams versus Jordan Reed at Houston. And although Reed played a little better last week and Kelsey is in a somewhat tough matchup against the Rams, there's no way it's not Kelsey. At the flex position, you got Lenny... Red Fournette versus Tyler Boyd, I guess. Uh, Possibly Tyler Lockett. I'd actually probably pivot to Tyler Lockett, but it's your team. You decide. Boyd's got to go up against uh, Jimmy Smith and that Baltimore defense. And although that defense is actually not as good as people think, all their great fantasy games have been against uh, really terrible offenses. But the fact is, in a real-life defense, they're still pretty stifling. And I think Lockett against Green Bay will do better things. At the defensive position, uh, I'm assuming that the Chiefs are gone because I wouldn't want to play them against the Rams on defense. And I'm guessing it's going to be the Vikings at Chicago. Advantage Vikings, unless you get someone better on the waiver wire. Then we'll talk later. Uh, Looking down the line... It's tough, man. I really want to like the Michael Thomas, OBJ, and Aaron Rodgers portion of this. 
But the fact is, against Joe Mixon and Zeke, it's it's almost no contest. And then with the flex position, Travis Kelsey, I got to go. Great one with the win. Next up, we have SC Crappers versus Mike Sailor. Or sorry, Popeyes Sailor Men. At the quarterback position, we got Drew throwing 80% breeze versus Cam Newtones. Um, just because Drew Breeze spreads it around and a lot of it's on the ground as well, I'm going to give advantage to Cam. Detroit's defense is awful. And Cam Newton is a little more integral to their game plan either way than, um, than Kirk Cousins is to the Vikings. When they're up, and on top of that, I don't think Carolina's D's is good, so it'll be more of a game against Detroit. So advantage camp, new tones. Next up, we had Melvin Gordon and Dalvin Cook versus Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown. That can't be right. Yes, it's right, unless there's a waiver wire. We're going just full-on Rams running backs, man. And the sad thing is, you really got to consider if Todd Gurley's going to outscore Dalvin Cook and Melvin Gordon combined. Sorry, I was thinking about, man, that is tough. That is tough, tough, tough. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Advantage, Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown over Melvin Gordon and Dalvin Cook. I'm doing it. I don't feel good about it. But I'm doing it. Anyways, the receiver position, you got Sterling Shepard and Alshon Jeffrey versus Adam Thielen and Keenan Allen. And although I like Thielen in this one a lot, uh, Sterling Shepard's got a great matchup against Tampa Bay, uh, getting getting that slot work. And Alshon's going to be in a shoot 'em up kind of game. And Keenan Allen, although he runs a lot out of slot, and that's maybe where you can beat Denver, Man, this one's a lot closer. Uh, I'm going to go for another upset and say Sterling Shepard and Alshon Jeffrey uh, for the win. At the tight end position, give me O.J. Howard, New York. Uh, I know it was a crummy game last week. I think they're going to get back on track. And Minnesota is going to treat uh, Trey Burton like a number two receiver, and he is going to not get a ton of work. So, advantage O.J. Howard at the flex position. We got D.J. Moore versus Austin Eckler. Okay, I'm going to assume that it's not Austin Eckler this time. And you're either going to flex Evan Ingram, play Cortland Sutton, or play Cortland Sutton. Yeah. So, either one of those versus D.J. Moore, Doug Baldwin. Is it sad that we have to consider Doug Baldwin versus D.J. Moore? Uh, I'm guessing you're gonna play DJ more Doug Ball. I don't know. Either way, I like. I'm gonna put it as a toss-up because I don't know who you guys are gonna play, and who cares. Except we have the Texans versus either the Falcons or the Broncos. D. Okay. Either way, I'm gonna go Texans because Washington is awful. Uh, with that, man, this is. This is going to be a close one, but I'm going to call for the SC Honkers upset, I think. Yes, SC Honkers for the win. Next up, we have the Carnage versus Un Jour in France. And with Ryan Fitzmagic getting the start again, 
It's probably going to be Carson Wentz still. Uh, in New Orleans versus Pat Mahomes and Rams. Advantage Pat Mahomes. This is going to be a game they're going to need to air out a ton. And I think Pat Mahomes is going to do some great things, especially with the broken down game. Uh, if James Conner is active with him and David Johnson over Doug Martin and Wendell Smallwood... Who cares? Either way, if it's just Dave, Dave, ah, if it's just David Johnson by himself, advantage. Okay, advantage. Next up, we have a receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, and not Julian Edelman, DeAndre Hopkins. There we go, DeAndre Hopkins. Sorry, guys, like his lineup's not set yet, and I'm doing this, I know, a little early, but uh, versus Larry Fitzgerald and Marquez Valdez Scanling. I'm assuming Emmanuel Sanders will be in there for one of your two Arizona. So we'll call it Marquez Valdez Scantling and Emmanuel Sanders as your receivers. Advantage, Juju and DeAndre Hopkins, no question. At tight end, it's Jared Cook versus Vance McDonald. Uh, even though it's Jacksonville and that's a tough one, man, I just can't trust Jared Cook at this point. Maybe you go with Ben Watson, I don't know, but I'm going to go advantage Vance McDonald at the flex position. As of right now, it's Adam Umphreys with an umph, or Michael Crabtree, or Wendell Smallwood, or, no, sorry, he's already in your running back position, or Ben Watson versus... Um, Christian Kirk, I guess, or Larry Fitzgerald, whichever one you decide. It doesn't matter. They're better. So, advantage them at the defensive position. Uh, it's ugly on both sides, as Kansas City's going to put up points and Seattle's going to put up points. So, we'll call it a wash, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to give Frenchie the win. Yeah. Between those running backs and the quarterback, I just... I can't bet against it, so. Uh, although he's got some weak receivers, I think it's going to work out just fine. At the next matchup, we got Turn Your Head and Coughlin versus Brown and some scrubs. Sorry, got a little Max Hedrum on there for you. Uh, the quarterback position, we got Kirk Cousins or Andy Dalton. Ugh, either of them look awful. Versus Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan wins. No question. Or maybe Lamar Jackson. Who knows? Uh, at the running back position, we got Alvin Kamara and Tariq Cohen versus Christian McCaffrey and Adrian Peterson, I guess. Let me see. Marlon Mack, Deion Lewis. I'm guessing, let's say Deion Lewis for sure is going to probably be in there. So we'll say Christian McCaffrey and Deion Lewis versus Tariq Cohen and Alvin Kamara. Advantage Christian McCaffrey and Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis getting Indy is great. Christian McCaffrey getting Detroit is great. And although Kamara will do great things against Philly, man, Tariq Cohen, that's a big question mark against Minnesota. So that's how I'm calling it. At the receiver position, we got Antonio Brown and Tyreek Hill versus Brandon Cooks and Stephon Diggs. Uh... Diggs is a question mark. We'll say for sure Corey Davison against Indy. Uh, the matchups are great with Corey Davis and Brandon Cooks with Kansas City and Indy. But, I mean, it's Tyreek Hill and it's Antonio Brown. I don't care if he's against the Jags. And Tyreek Hill is going to be in a game where they're going to have to. He's going to have a big game against the Rams. Uh, give me advantage Brown and Hill. It's not even close. But 
That's okay, because you're going to rebound with Austin Hooper at tight end versus Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham is banged up, and Jimmy Graham is awful. So advantage Austin Hooper. At the flex position, we got maybe Stefan Diggs at Chicago. Maybe Calvin Ridley or Edo Smith against Dallas. Um, yeah, because you got Chubb and Landry on the bye. Uh, on the other side, you got uh, either Adrian Peterson in Houston, Marlon Mack in Tennessee, Nelson Aguilar and Mari Cooper. I'm guessing it's between Amari Cooper and Marlon Mack. And either way, I like both those guys better than Edo Smith and Calvin Ridley. Advantage, Marlon Mack, Amari Cooper, whoever is in the flex. At the defense, it's the, who knows, Jets and Patriots are both on a bye versus the Redskins. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to even comment on that because that's too many question marks there. I don't know if you're going to keep the Redskins. I don't know if you're going to even pick up a defense. So, with everything breaking down, I'm going to go advantage Brown and some scrubs to recover after that loss from me last week. And the matchup of the week, we got Macho Man Fred Savage versus Carpe Victoria. And this one is going to be Savage, partly because I don't have my damn number two receiver anymore, but I should still win. Uh, Jared Goff versus Kansas City, Big Ben against Jacksonville, probably pivot to Russell Wilson and Green Bay either way. I like Jared Goff a little better, although it might be close to Wash with Russell Wilson. Who knows? At the running back position, we got Saquon Barkley and Aaron Jones versus Tevin Coleman and Mike Davis. Advantage, Aaron Jones and Saquon. Saquon should get back on track against Tampa. Aaron Jones is a good running back, and although Mike Davis has been good, he is now in a three-way timeshare possibly if Chris Carson's back. And Tevin Coleman's going against a better defense than people realize. So advantage me on that. At the receiver position, you got Golden Tate and Muhammad Sanu. Or maybe Demarius Thomas, I don't know. But they're versus Devonta Adams and T.Y. Hilton. Easy win again for Adams and Hilton. At the tight end position, it's Greg Olson versus Jack Doyle. This one's really close. I'd like to call it a wash. But let's get Carpe Victoria a win for once and give him the advantage at tight end. At the flex position, you got Devin as scrumptious or maybe Naheem Hines or Derrick Henry, who knows, versus Samuel Watkins. If Sammy Watkins is, in fact, playing. If not, I could pivot to Mark Ingram or Deshaun Jackson. But either way, uh... I think Devin Funch is actually going to be somewhat decent, but if it is Sammy Watkins in that Rams game, man, they're going to put up a lot of points. I like it, so give me advantage slightly. At defense, I don't know who I'm going to get off the waivers, but Chargers have a good matchup at Denver, so we'll call it advantage them. And, of course, no surprise here, advantage me for the win. Next up, we have the Dynasty Matchups of the Week.
we have the Frenchies versus Team Gravelin. Uh, both teams are on losing streaks, and one of them's looking to snap it as the Frenchies have dropped their last five and Team Gravelin their last two. At the quarterback positions, we have Cameron Newton and Please, for the love of God, put in Marcus Mariota at Indy. Stop making try, stop trying to make Josh Rosen a thing right now, okay? My goodness. Versus Philip Rivers and Andrew Luck. Uh, if you play Cam Newton and Marcus Mariota the way you're supposed to, advantage Cam Newton and Marcus Mariota. Uh, there is a chance that Philip Rivers gets pivoted to Eli Manning against Tampa Bay and if that's the case it's actually really really close but I'll stick to the advantage on the QBs at the running back position Matt Burita is unfortunately on a bye this week so you have Jordan Howard and I guess Royce Freeman or Jalen Richard or Devonta Booker it's not good man and you're going up against Melvin Gordon and Adrian Peterson with a chance at Ito Smith and others. Anyways, Melvin Gordon alone is better than your whole team. So advantage, Melvin Gordon plus. At receiver, we have Keenan Allen and Juju Smith-Schuster versus Devonta Adams and Adam Thielen. The battle of the bad matchups as the teams are playing Denver, Jacksonville, Chicago, and Seattle. Give me the advantage with the better the better overall receivers. And that would be Devontae Adams and Adam Thielen. Chicago's pass defense doesn't quite scare me. It's the it's the run in the middle of the field stuff. I think Adam Thielen is gonna do enough. Devontae Adams is gonna do enough. And Keenan Allen is a little harder to project. Same with Juju. So advantage Adams and Thielen. At the tight end position, we got Ben Watson, Evan Ingram, or Kyle Rudolph. My guess is he's going with Evan Ingram versus Jack Doyle. And that would probably be the play. Uh, Give me advantage. Man, that's a tough one. Uh, Jack Doyle. He's way more involved than Evan Ingram is, but that chat matchup is juicy. I'll go advantage Evan Ingram. At the flex position, we have Christian Kirk as of right now with the potential for one of those running backs I said earlier, or, or nope, T.Y. Hilton. It's going to end up being T.Y. Hilton, I'm almost sure. Certain versus either Ido Smith or Muhammad Sanu or... Tyler Lockett, because uh, Chris Carson's probably going to be out, or maybe Josh Reynolds. My guess is either you're going to swing for defenses on Josh Reynolds or play Tyler Lockett, but either way, I like T.Y. Hilton better. At defense, it's the Chargers versus the Panthers, both okay defenses versus struggling offenses. Give me advantage, the Chargers. And with that, I'm still going to give the advantage to Team Gravelin as if he pivots away from Phillip Rivers into Eli, and I know that's gross to say, I think his advantage at running back and receiver is just too much. So uh, give me Gravelin for the win. Next up, we have This Means War versus No Country for Old 
players at the quarterback position. We got Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith versus Ryan Fitzpatrick and Patrick Mahomes. This is an easy call. Give me the team with Patrick Mahomes playing quarterback. Oh, man, that is just a beautiful matchup. Uh, and it's not that I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to be fantastic. But Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Jets sounds better to me than Alex Smith versus anyone because Alex Smith has been awful. And I also wouldn't be surprised if somehow Derek Carr had a good game, even though I know you won't play him. Uh, at the running back position, you got super teams of Todd Gurley and Zeke versus David Johnson and Joe Mixon with all that potential. But Joe Mixon draws Baltimore, whereas Gurley and Zeke both have fantastic matchups to combat the one fantastic matchup for Dave Johnson. So advantage Gurley and Zeke. At the receiver position, we have Allen Robinson and Josh Doxson. My goodness. Let me take a look real quick. Uh, maybe Doug Baldwin, but like we said, it's sad that you can't trust Doug Baldwin anymore. Ugh. I'm guessing you're going to go Doug Baldwin, though, or Sammy Watkins. But they are going up against Mike Williams and Kenny Galladay with maybe Mike Williams getting substituted for Stephon Diggs, Curtis Samuel. Uh, either way, I'm going to go advantage Kenny Galladay. Um, this is just gross all around. But honestly, Allen Robinson's probably the best receiver in this, but he's playing Minnesota, and I think they're really going to struggle in Chicago. So give me advantage, old men, fairly, for some reason. At tight end, we have uh, Trey Burton and Travis Kelsey. No questions here. It's going to be Travis Kelsey. Uh, unfortunately... Gronk has just been sad and hurt, and now he's on a bye, and Trey Burton just isn't going to be able to compete with Travis Kelsey. But that's okay, because at the flex position, you have newly acquired Christian McCaffrey, who's scoring 30-plus points a game for the first time ever uh, the last two games, up against uh, Sterling Shepard, and no doubt it's going to be Christian McCaffrey on the advantage uh, defense at Steelers D versus Rams D. You might pivot away from that with Kansas City. Uh, either way, though, let's just bank on the Steelers playing against Blank Bortles. But it doesn't matter because although you're lacking at the tight end position and the receiver position, you're and running backs, the starting two. Man, this is a lot tougher than I thought. I'm giving the advantage in the window to no country for old players, but a couple of those receivers just make it a little more difficult. Next up, we got the 55s versus Jones and Force and TDs, both looking to get back on the win streak after losing their last games. At the quarterback position, we have, as of right now, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, and I don't think that Brian will be pivoting to a worse matchup so we're going to call it that versus Russell Wilson and Taysom Hill as of right now. Because unfortunately, Tom Brady is on a bye week, and so is Ryan Tannehill. And on top of that, he's hurt. And you didn't realize that when you traded for him. But we've come to where we're playing Taysom Hill as a starting quarterback. Anyways, uh, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff clearly are the winners here. 
At the running back position, we got Carrion Johnson and Philip Lindsay versus Alex Collins and Leonard Fournette. Give me advantage, Leonard Fournette and Alex Collins. That Carolina run D is actually decent. And Lindsay is going to do okay, but it's going to be a lot more passing uh, game, I think, is, is what's going to prevail for Denver if they can get it going. And, I mean, honestly, Leonard Fournette against Pittsburgh's good. Alex Collins against Cincinnati's good, so... Give me those guys. At the receiver position, we got Brandon Cooks and Mike Evans versus Emmanuel Sanders and Julio Jones. Uh, touchdown Jones. And I'm going to go advantage Evans and Cooks. I think Evans needs to get back on track. I think Cooks is going to eat in this KC game. And Sanders is going to struggle a little. And Julio will have a decent game. But give me the advantage on that end. At the tight end position, it's Zach Ertz versus Jared Cook. Huge advantage, Zach Ertz, no question there. At the flex position, we got Corey Davis versus, as of right now, Mike Davis. So, Battle of the Davises. But we could also see someone like Cole Beasley flexed in, or perhaps Golden Tate. Um, honestly, I mean, if Corey, if. Um, Chris Carson's out. I like Mike Davis the best. But there is actually a world where I would play um, Cole Beasley over him in that Atlanta game. But either way, Corey Davis against Indy is the play here, no doubt about it. And Redskins versus Houston and Jacksonville versus Pitt. Because your only other defense for some reason is the Dolphins. Uh, Either way... Unless you make a trade, the problem is your quarterback. I love a lot of the matchups, and I like the advantage at tight end, but without a second viable QB, because you're only going to get four. I mean, if Taysom Hill gets a touchdown, then we have a game maybe, but come on, you're only going to get like two to three points from him. So Uh, advantage 55s to get another win. Next up, we have... I'm getting a Chubb versus Fear the Juice. When you say those teams together, it seems kind of dirty. Anyways, at quarterback, we have Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford versus Drew Brees and Case Keenum. And let me take a quick scan. Maybe Andy Dalton gets in there. Probably going to stick with Case Keenum. And, of course, Jameis Winston is not playing football right now, so you got to continue to roll with Matty Snapback right now. Advantage? My goodness. Uh, I never thought I'd say this, but Case Keenum is the advantage because Drew Brees. Uh, I like Matt Ryan, but Dallas is... Not a slouch on defense right now, and Philly kind of is, so I think that offense is going to do great things, and I think it's going to be advantage because of Drew Brees. At the running back position, we got Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook versus Alvin Kamara and Deion Lewis. Advantage Kamara and Lewis, although Aaron Jones is a good play. Dalvin Cook's going up against a tough defense, and although he'll get some passing down work, Deion Lewis has a beautiful matchup, and Alvin Kamara is matchup proof. 
So give me the advantage there. At the receiver position, we have Antonio Brown and Larry Fitzgerald versus OBJ and DeAndre Hopkins. Combine, combining Antonio Brown's difficult matchup and Larry Fitzgerald's difficult uh, age, I'm going to give the advantage to DeAndre Hopkins and OBJ like I need to explain myself. Come on. The team is stacked at receiver. Let's just get it together, guys. At tight end, once again, it's O.J. Howard and it's Greg Olson. I actually like O.J. Howard better, but, man, that matchup for Olson is sweet. So advantage Olson slightly. And at the flex position, we have Tyreek the Freak Hill versus Marlon Mack. Um, it's going to be Tyreek. They need to score, and we're projecting a huge game for him. But don't sleep on Marlon Mack unless the Titans continue their black magic. Uh, he's going to be very useful this week. Um, but advantage Tyreek. At the defensive position, we got the Bears versus the Cardinals. And honestly, the Bears-Vikings game is probably going to be super low scoring. Um, but they're going to be on the field so much and get worn out. Man, this is a tough one. Believe me, I, I want to go with the Bears because they're so good, but Cardinals get Oakland. Advantage Cardinals. I'm putting my foot down. Advantage Cardinals. Um, but with all that, oh, man, this is a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. Those receivers are brutal and make up any deficiencies. But, man, Kamara, Lewis, Brent. And... I'm going to go for, I don't know what the implied total is right now, but I'm going to go with Fear the Juice for the win and uh, dropping Clay down a peg. Um, but this will be one of the higher scoring games of the week, I think. Uh, probably in the, they're both going to be around the 140 to 160 range. So, advantage, Fear the Juice. And now, without further ado, your epic matchup of the week. That's right, Bill Belichick Puppet Master versus the Americans. And coming in at the quarterback position, we have just some ugly looking quarterbacks here, guys. Um, it is Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott while uh, Big Ben sits on the bench versus Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky. And I know Mitch has been great for fantasy lately. But he is not good. And that offensive coordinator pretending to be a coach is not smart. He's got a good offense, but my God, he doesn't know how to manage a game or a team. Anyways, advantage me. Pittsburgh and Blake Bortles. Oh God, you know what's sad is I have to consider this. I have to consider the fact that Mitch Trubisky somehow like does great things against Minnesota. And Blake Bortles somehow has a good game against Pittsburgh. It, when Cam Newton couldn't, not that I'm saying Cam Newton's a great quarterback, but I mean, come on, he's got better passing options, believe it or not. And 
more experience and better legs. And I still got to consider for a second that Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky have have a chance to do good. Can't believe it. But anyways, uh, advantage Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott. Dak's got Atlanta. Deshaun's great for fantasy and a better quarterback than Mitch and Blake combined. So advantage. Uh, assuming James Conner's health, we got James Conner and Kareem Hunt versus Saquon Barkley and Mark Ingram the second. This is actually a pretty heavy-hitting running back matchup. The sad part is I'm going to have to play Jalen Samuels if James Conner can't go, and that hurts a bit. Uh, either way, though, I like Saquon's matchup, and I like Kareem's, but Saquon is a more integral part of that offense, and they can get away from Kareem Hunt. And I just can't trust Connor's health where they're going to have him in the full, full workload. It pains me, but I'm going to give a slight, slight bump to Saquon and Mark Ingram. Uh, But at the receiver position, we have Michael Thomas and Amari Cooper versus Robert Woods and Tyler Boyd. And although I think Robert Woods is a fantastic play this week and he's going to do great things. Tyler Boyd is going to get just destroyed by Jimmy Smith. So, sorry, bud. Um, And Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers in the league. Amari Cooper is showing that he's competent in Dallas' offense already, and it's just going to improve, and they get Atlanta. So, advantage Thomas and Cooper. At the tight end position, it's Jordan Reed versus Vance McDonald, and I threw up in my mouth a little bit, and I might put in Ricky Seals-Jones from Oakland. Um, Either way, though, I'm going to call my shot. I'm going to say Jordan Reed gets a touchdown for the first time ever because he's playing against me. So, uh, advantage Jordan Reed, but I don't really believe in that. At the flex position, I have Alshon Jeffrey against New Orleans, and he's going up against Julian Edelman's on bye, so either Devin Funches in Detroit, uh, John Brown in Cincy, maybe Naheem Hines, nah, probably not. Uh, I think it's going to come down to, or Ebron in the flex. Uh, If it's Ebron or Funches or John Brown, there is a, those are all great matchups. And I could see them all outproducing Alshon Jeffrey, but that's going to be a high-scoring game. And I think they're going to want to get Alshon on track a little bit after two down games. So give me slight advantage, Alshon. At the defensive position, we got the Vikings at Chicago versus the Chiefs. And no surprise there, advantage the Vikings. Uh, Overall... I think the Americans can give me a little bit of my a run for my money, but, I mean, come on. The teams are just not even close to each other, so advantage me. Uh, and with that, it's going to conclude our show. Uh, I want to give you guys a big thanks uh, for being patient with me. I know I haven't put out a show in a couple of weeks, and I'm appreciative that you guys haven't even hit me up once and tried to be like, why the hell haven't you put out a show? Where the hell is the show? I'm going to start my own show and show you. That's a lot of shows. But um, I do appreciate it. Um, 
thank you. And we'll try to keep it a little more consistent. I do have college again now. Can't believe I'm going back to school. And full-time work and a bunch of other crap. So bear with me if we do miss a couple more episodes. But I will try my best to keep it going. Even if it's like little 20-minute blurbs like that one time. Where we just, boom, this is everything, boom, this is that. Screw production value. So, as always, uh, thank you. Remember, Goonies never say die. And, as a special treat, here is a little musical happenings for a couple of you guys after last week's matchups. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out at Brooklyn, now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the narrow, but I'll be hood forever, I'm the new Sinatra, and since I made it here, I can make it anywhere, yeah, they love me everywhere, I used to cop in Harlem, all of my Dominican Connors right there up on Broadway, pull me back to that McDonald's, took it to my stash spot, 560 State Street, catch me in the kitchen like a Simmons whipping pastry, cruising down A Street, off white Lexus, driving so slow, but BK is from Texas, me, I'm out there Bed-Stuy, home of that Boy Biggie, now I live on Billboard, and I brought my boys with me. Say what up to Tata, still sipping my tie, sitting courtside, nicks and nets, give me high five. Nigga, I be spiked out, I could trip a referee. Tell by my attitude that I most definitely from Folks. <laughs>